0: Welcome to episode two of Creative Welly, Courageous Conversations with Bold Humans. Produced by Empire Films and hosted at X Equals. In the second episode of the video podcast, I'll be speaking to Ollie Boddy, social entrepreneur and executive menstruator, and Jed Finch, the founder of X Frame. I first met these two good humans at TEDx Wellington 2019 and they both become firm favorites in my brain and heart. We sat down and spoke about everything from construction to architecture to environment, sustainability, to menstruation, to PhDs. Obviously, COVID again came up, and there's some fun stories and good energy in this conversations with these two amazing people. Lend us your ears and your brain for the next hour and a half, and also subscribe at creativewally.com. So, is any questions?
1: I have a disclaimer. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, a concussion at the moment, um, Dude. and I'm fine, which is why I'm here. Um, but but it does mean that sometimes I do find it quite hard to concentrate, and I okay. wrap round sort of my words an extra sort of loop, which which is a bit unusual okay. for me because normally I don't loop around words. No. Um, so okay. I'm letting you know that, but I'm very transparent about it, and fine to just let that roll and be okay, part that's of it. Cool. There's been many learnings.
2: When did this happen? How did this happen? Yes, <laughs> tell us all. <laughs> this should Stop. be part. Seriously. Well, what?
1: about two months ago, I was lying on the floor, which is usually a really safe space. You don't. You it's wouldn't expect to get a concussion there. <laughs> yeah. And then my flatmate. She's. This is lockdown. This is just a classic lockdown right. activity. And my flatmate's really good at headstands. And so it was decided that she should do a headstand off my bum because obviously that's logical. Um, This is in your
2: flat, I take it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. and and what
1: we failed to realize is that that bums are really wobbly, (laughs) Uh, and so she went straight up, and then she just went straight down on the back of my head, and that was Ollie in A&E um so i experienced the whole sort of hospitalized system throughout COVID. it was very well run you so were just rolling, checking, weren't
2: you You just wanted to check that everything was yeah evolving. you know yeah. it was good
1: there was no one else in there other than me and someone who had their their finger in a bag she she got rushed through ahead of me naturally. that's fair enough um, yeah
0: yeah <laughs> watch all that back on so that's,
2: yeah. all days, weeks ago. that's like four weeks ago has it been lingering? eight weeks ago it's been lingering yeah. since then
1: and wow. it's difficult because normally i'm the type of human who Pushes through things, yeah. And my tactic at life has just been when it gets a bit difficult, just to amp it up a bit more. You can't do that with a head injury. No. No. So. Wow, welcome is this your first a- concussion? Yes. So welcome. Oh, I got kicked in the head by a horse when I was two, um, but I can't remember. I the, way, really so- the first.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Imagine how
1: intelligent I'd be if that Imagine. didn't happen.
0: <laughs> uh. Well, okay. So we will be appreciative of any concussion type. Mm
2: related
0: side effects. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story, although I need to have a chat with you. your housemate. Like, don't do handstands on people's bum. No.
1: no I no, mean, no. I was equally part of it. Did she,
0: oh,
2: okay. So. Did, like, what part of her hit your head? No, it
1: was like a, her head was on my bum, and then her bum ended up on my head. Right. So it was and like,
0: did you, like, double hit, so she hit your head and you and
2: hit the, the floor, floor. with yes. your head?
1: Yeah. I was on my right. chin, and then sort of split my chin open, and. Wow.
2: Um, do, you, do you remember it? I think so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe i just remember the story I'm telling you yeah. now, right? A cool story
0: though, isn't it? not many people can say I got a head concussion because someone did a handstand on my bum. No. But also during
2: lockdown. <laughs> during lockdown, during COVID. Yeah. Dude, how has COVID been for you guys? Uh, it was really good. Like we were saying before, it was great. I'm a PhD <laughs> student, so I needed to sit inside for four weeks and not do anything but write. so mm. it was great. It was was what needed to happen. It was a reason to stop getting distracted and doing things that aren't important and actually just shut up and write. So, fantastic. Supervisor happy, it's all good.
1: Nice. Was it difficult though for you to get into um, like a really good pattern at the start? did it take some time or were you like sweet COVID lockdown that's me writing for It that
2: was good it was fine because like my life is pretty <laughs> solitary <laughs> because phd student right you're like in your own little world studying and so it was really just on the wednesday i was doing that at university and then on the on the thursday i was like right i'm doing this at home nothing's really changed so it was fine the only nice thing is you know you don't have to leave your house so you can sort of streamline the getting up process in the morning and just go straight to your desk yeah, they teach you like you know writing practices. It's good to sit down and write, you know, five hundred words in one hit. So I tried to do that.
0: Mm. <laughs> what was That's the grand good. total you said of thirty thousand?
2: Thirty thousand words. So I imagine we'll get a lot of good novels in the next, you know, couple of years that were written during COVID. Wow! I yeah. You can see it, yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, any time a cre-
0: creative process like screenplays, yeah, films, yeah, anything, you know, anything yeah. that. You know, you need to sit down and have some time to reflect and yeah. write, yeah. digest your mm. something into something
2: else. They pushed all of the distractions aside mm. forcibly for us. Thank you, government. And now we get to, you know, in the countries that are in lockdown for longer, well, they might have even better <laughs> publications mm. stories. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, you had this brewing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this is a
0: result of lockdown. It's like, oh. yeah, definitely. You're right. It was a lockdown Think- epiphany. Not so much an epiphany, but a, a frustration of like, okay, how do I create my way out of this frustration of not being with people? Mm. Well, give people an excuse to get together. Yes. Some people, are, you know, we were talking earlier about there's gonna be a hunger to get into a proper event situation very soon, especially in New Zealand, because we can, mm. but Up until then, I think people are still very hungry. I don't know if you've noticed this with your mates. Like, let's catch up, because we can now. Let's hang out, because we can now. I'm going to give you a hug, because I can now. And this was that reason for like, I know I can get a couple of people in the room together, because they'll be up for that. But who is, who do I (laughs) choose? You know, so many people, right? So uh, yeah, this was a result of COVID and
2: having a think. And there was no thought of doing it virtually. Like you were always no. like, this has to be an in-person. Yeah. Okay. Real life so, has more bandwidth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, a lot
1: more bandwidth. I've missed the bandwidth. Yeah. I know.
2: <sighs> the lag, did you pick that up in a Zoom call? That like two second lag mm-hmm. in conversation and then going out and just talking to people in real life and realizing that lag doesn't exist. And it's just <laughs> <supposed to> like
0: <laughs> <play>. What <laughs> do I <laughs> do with Yeah, my yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
2: You're like directly like, straight away to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: No, you're right, but although I've been kind of, I remember delivering uh, a course online in 2008 to Pacific Kids. Uh, It was called Pacific Youth. It was an online digital course Mm. for young people in Pacific Islands. Uh, But I was based in the UK at the time, and we did it all online via, I think, Skype at that point and some other platforms. the days, yeah. Yeah, and some other platforms. <laughs> and I remember like lag times then. Yeah, yeah. And it's got so much better now, but you're right. Yeah, real life has more bandwidth and the fidelity of this you can't beat mm-hmm. yet, yet. Maybe the AR, VR stuff is coming around the corner. But uh, yeah, and, and the human interaction <laughs> things, you know, the intonations and the, the kind of, you know, I can see or engage and the things warmth, like that, right.
1: The warmth and the yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really difficult to get it through a screen, especially I've had a couple of Zoom calls where I've been delivering a presentation on them. And right. for some reason, it's just mucked out even more than technology usually does with me. Um, and, and I'm delivering a talk where I can't see anybody, I can't hear anybody, and um, they can only hear half my voice. Well, I can hear my full voice, but it doesn't feel like the full Ollie experience. it's so so difficult to converse when there's just no lack of feedback whatsoever. And that that was, I was like, it's difficult. So this is a whole world.
0: Wow. Mm, mm, mm. It is. So I'm glad you were up for it. And in terms of then COVID for you, because COVID for you was what then?
1: Well, <laughs> um, for the start, I was just chugging on with my normal ridiculous busyness. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, I've been trying to ban that word from my life. I think it's really unhealthy. Busy. Um, busy. How's right. your day today? Busy? Right. Makes me want to vomit. Um, but, Did you find we're a replacement addicted, to, word? Well, cause I think it's because we're addicted to doing, and I know mm. that I'm very addicted to doing. It's this quick dopamine hit um, of just, cool, we'll just get this done, we'll just bust that out, rather than a long-term focus. Mm. Like, you know, it would be me eating this whole block of chocolate that's on the table for us now. Feel free. Right. Don't take me DK. <laughs>
0: Um, I just want to see you more hyped than you do
1: Oh my God, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I was just in this doing phase for about the first four weeks and I realized I was actually hot-disking in my own house. I, I hadn't even settled <laughs> down I <laughs> caught myself eventually. Right. Four weeks in and I said, this is ridiculous. Wow. Like, let's get some actual routine and some structure and, mm-hmm. and some some respect for the work that I'm doing into this. So I sat down And then I was still just at at it and feeling really, really tired as well. And really this this ache to slow down as everything was sort of coming internally as well throughout sort of this collective mindset that we were in at the start of of lockdown. And then I got whacked on the head. Uh, (laughs) And then that concussion made me do that. And so it's very much a case of not listening to the whispers of a lesson and then it coming in and shouting at you. And I'm so grateful. But it's really difficult. I'm trying to find a vocabulary set for what the opposite of pushing through is. So if you have any ideas, please.
0: <laughs> is it more? <laughs> a, I was going to say, is it more a Zen approach to it?
1: I Where think you so. Kind of
0: just instead of pushing on through, seems very effortful. Yeah. But you kind of almost want effortless. Yeah. Approach to life at the moment. Yes. But you know, case rock. No, was
2: it? Yeah, take what whatever comes at you. And mm. A bit more zen.
1: bit more zen. Bit a bit more
2: flow. flow. The flow book? Is it the flow oh. book? You know, where you where you get into a moment of mm-hmm. like timelessness in your work? Does mm. that happen? Does it that happen when you're the the bad word busy? Uh, does it? Ha-
1: it does often, which is yeah. maybe why I'm really caught up in that, that space. But but it happens in really short bursts, and and it's not sustainable. And
2: so it's not like a three hour flow moment. It's like a.
1: Yeah, unless I'm painting. A paintbrush calms me down. Right. So oh, maybe right. I need to integrate my, my work life with, with more painting. You and need maybe... to send
2: out your meeting minutes in painted form. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's definitely time <laughs> efficient. <Yeah. for sure. laughs>
1: right? <laughs> Have you experimented with doing anything quirky like that in your own lives? Of, of having something that's not quite working and trying to introduce something that really does from a different aspect of your life into that space to try and give it whatever it needs?
2: No. to mind. Yeah, I, I was just I was gonna
0: respond in terms of saying, I've actually accepted the idea that I like to flit. Mm. And by flit, I mean move on to so many different things and have a couple of windows open and have a document versus a keynote or a, some emails and my RSS feeds and stuff. I, I like jumping between them. And I know that's bad from a perspective <laughs> of attention and focus. Mm. However, I perform well like that. And it's only okay. after years of doing that and going, I'm actually quite productive this way, because I try the other way, just mm-hmm. go shut everything mm-hmm. down, yeah. have one window, yeah, yeah, and that window does X, right? And I'm yeah. just going to focus on that, yeah. And I'm like, get <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and other yeah. things feed me, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, oh, I just do this email, and I kind of can jump to this hour. Yeah. Oh, that can pull back into this blog post that I got, in, got drafted up here.
2: Wow, okay. No, it it's, kind of all overlaps. It's an extreme level of multitasking, I could not.
0: I don't, I, I see you it like see a Venn diagram.
2: Okay. It's
0: not oh, multitask. Okay. it's a Venn diagram oh. of activity. Mm-hmm. And it's all overlapping each other, and it's complementing in some way each other. But yeah, don't get me wrong, I don't like just flip, 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 I just maybe like, a <laughs> few minutes or 10 minutes yeah. or so, I yeah. gotta do, yeah. or, or 20 minutes. And This is hard work for yeah. me, you keep so focused Suspained. for like 90 oh. minutes on something, but it's important.
2: I can no. do it when I'm with people. People give me focus mm. rather than things.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that.
2: So maybe COVID made it worse for you because you didn't have the people? Mm. Maybe. Maybe.
1: And I was just sat- sitting with myself. Oh, yeah. That internal thing.
2: That internal
0: dialogue yeah. kicking in.
1: Yeah. Then it's again, good though, but it's quite friendly.
0: <laughs> 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 I was going to say, though, in terms of what you do, you're so. The reason why you probably do spend so much time into it because you're so passionate about it. Mm. And that's a stupid word that gets thrown around like busy, right? But in Mm. terms of it, it is you, it embodies you so much. In the last couple of years since I've known you it's just like, yeah, that's what I know you as. And Mm. of course you're gonna spend a huge amount of time on it because it's you, Mm. yeah? Yes. So forgive yourself for that. Just like you and doing your PhD Mm. and how much you're involved in that. So many people aren't and wouldn't be. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's true. But you use a lot of different ways to do a task, mm. you know, like to Mm. get like to get shit done. Your strategy is like the scattergun and it seems Mm. to work. Seems to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here we are, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. It's very much about finding how how your brain's wired and actually recognizing it and working with it, I think.
0: Like I forgive, forgive myself a few years ago to stop reading books. Right. because I'm not very good at reading books. In terms of retaining information that way.
2: Yeah.
0: I, got, I can read books, don't get me wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> However, I will read, yeah. and then if you ask me what I read, be like. I'll be like, I, 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 so retaining information mm. that way, much more kinesthetic, I mm. wanna use the information in a different mm. manner. I want If someone says about a book that I need to read, mm. I will go onto YouTube and find the author giving a talk somewhere. A summary of it, yeah and then I'm getting the best bits, and because I can see them, and I can hear them, and I'm probably writing some notes, then it seeps in, rather than just one way of doing it. But that's just me. Like you say, you gotta forgive yourself and find yourself in there. So, yeah, but you guys, when I was kind of uh, going, I watched your TED Talk videos last night, again, just to get that boost, which was so lovely, and also, I don't know if you realize, but you were both speaking on the same idea. Yes. We had this conversation. Yeah. We
1: did.
2: Yeah. Briefly. Yes. We didn't, we didn't unpack when yet, did you have yeah. this conversation? Was this during the coaching during or afterwards? I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we also have a very similar um, South Island upbringing as well. We do. Which is a bit weird. What do you mean? we both grew up in rural places (laughs) and we're both now living in an urban place and those like rural ideas have fueled I think largely some of the motivations for why we do what we do. I think I could be completely putting words in Ollie's mouth but Mm. there's like a, there's a tie to that Mm. and I think it resonated because you talked about it. Did you talk about it in your final TED talk? I can't remember. Yes, yes I did. That was your opening dialogue, was wasn't it about the trees, the mana being ripped out the land from recollection.
1: Absolutely, with the loss of the trees from mm. our farm due to um, new policy, meaning that we had to switch our farm. Yeah, yeah. Go to centre pivots, mm. and, yeah. and it's really interesting uh, touching on on. You're, what you've what both said is that, um, and I can't speak to your experience, but mm. from from where I sit, it's it's almost as if I've got a gumboot on one foot and a stiletto on the other. Maybe well, not quite a stiletto, yeah. but, you know, a Doc Martin at least. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, a, and it's really interesting being able to speak into both those worlds of, of the rural space um, and also working in the very green sustainability urban space as well. And... <laughs> they don't and there needs to be some bridging there because yeah. um, we we want the same things yeah. from both spaces right. but we just use such different languages and these conversations can become so polarising that, that there's an inability to discuss the nuance in between and, and that's where the solutions actually lie so I'm very interested about that space
0: mm. But it is so similar I yeah. was listening to both of you guys mm. obviously you were speaking about menstruation and periods and the approach and having positive period conversations, which I just love as a phrase. And then you're talking about the building industry and homes, which are so polar opposites in terms of like the topic. Subject matter, yeah. The purpose (laughs) of what you were speaking to was so similar. The idea of going back to the land, thinking about how one decision affects so much so many other things mm. um so so i was just delighted in kind of revisiting both those talks and uh seeing some similarities and bringing you guys together again because i don't know if you
2: hang out together but it's so much we don't we've said we would which <laughs> is the uh, bringing it up on camera is a little bit bad but yes nope. we no we know yeah because i um, we've been in lockdown yeah <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> But I think the busy word is part mm. of the issue, right? Mm. Because we get so bogged down in what we're doing yeah. and the tasks and the process and that, that if there's no natural overlap, then you have to kind of make the overlap, right? Yeah. You have to make yes. it work. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm really interested in where your stories
0: are at now. Because, rec- like I say, I think you're so aligned, but I want to know if you're on the same... Same point of your path in your journey because it's, it's fascinating. So, where are you with your story, man?
2: Give okay. us your story and then, the story because some <laughs> people background. know yeah. who the hell you are. Yeah. Bad uh, people out there okay. who haven't watched There's your. the door. elevator pitch part, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Do it. What, okay, <laughs> we arrived. <laughs> we
2: um, yes, okay, so the building technology, obviously, um, I. Uh, In 2017 I went to Malaysia and I worked in the building industry and over there they have very um, sort of uh, pre-industrial construction methods if that makes sense, it's like brick and mortar and very labour intensive and uh, very bad for the environment both from like a carbon point of view but just from a material point of view. And then I was really fortunate to I come back into New Zealand, I have an opportunity in my study and my qualifications to do research for a year, so I picked building waste, and then that sort of has just sort of got out and out of control, and I've followed that for the last four and a half years, and now we're doing a PhD, but, but very much with the aim of having a, a tangible impact in this environmental um, construction waste issue area. Um, and so yeah, that has, that has gone from like just study um, and theory and, and writing about it and learning about it to experimenting with solutions. Mm-hmm. And so what I'd say is that I'm much earlier in the process than Oli. Oli's in the fully operating, <laughs> versus um, Although you have a product. We have a product. Mm. It's prototyped. It's being used. We, we may not have a market. That may be the big one. Okay. <laughs> okay,
1: so to line what? some things up yeah. there yeah. and then yeah. we'll Yeah,
2: one of the challenges is in the building industry is that things that are expensive. You know, building is expensive. Mm. And so there's already a high barrier to entry. And so if you're asking someone to add 10% for the sake of the environment, that ask is a lot harder than it is for, for, for some consumer products not all consumer products but for some and so you know we were dealing with budgets of you know a couple of hundred thousand dollars and then we're going to add 10% to that that's $20,000 that's you know (laughs) that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, But is that
0: 20% sorry is that 10% going to disappear over time when things become just with any product when you
2: start to roll it out on mass and people adopt it and there's new techniques is that going to dissipate in some way? It's really hard to say, okay. <laughs> because we're we're asking people to pay for something that they wouldn't usually pay for. So what you know, when you buy something, actually, so I'll use paint because paint is a really good example. When the paint the walls of your house, mm-hmm. you you pay for the paint and you just accept that that's the price it is. You don't really care. But actually, built into the price of the paint is a a product stewardship scheme. And so that, that is like $5 for every litre of paint sold or something like that, that covers the recycling of waste paint and the management of that at end of life.
1: Okay. Whoa, that's in there already? It's,
2: it's crazy, right? Whoa, you wouldn't think that's about so it. It nice to
1: be in other industries as well, but yeah. maybe I'm just not aware yeah. of
2: it. So it's integrated and that's what's great, but the problem is in lots of other sectors, it's not. So when you ask people to pay that extra mm-hmm. percentage on top, they say, screw you mate, oh, I'm yeah. gonna buy that product, it's cheaper yeah, it's and great. they don't care about it. So you have to, and this is exactly it, what you found, I think, right, is you have to offer them an alternative value proposition. You have to sell them something else that makes that money less you know, significant. They, they, they buy it for another reason. So the angle yeah. that you're selling then, the additional extra, mm. is not just... So we can sell them that it's environmentally friendly, that it won't create waste, that's like great. That. We sell them say so that this is a highly flexible, adaptable partitioning system yeah. that will, you know, be efficient lightweight. You know, we sell them on the, you know, this sort of gig economy premise mm. of, you know, lightweight and flexible and all that sort of stuff and decentralised. But again, that, there's also a barrier there because the building industry is not wired in that way at all, oh, yeah. you know. Like when, when you buy a wall. <laughs> <laughs> you, I
1: thought many walls. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: People, people don't buy walls. Exactly, you buy the house, and so we're thinking, well, right, the walls come with the house. Yeah, can we sell them. you just the wall? And what does that look like? And can we sell the tenant the wall, not the not the building owner? Mm. Because then there's a lot more like autonomy in that the idea that you have control over your space. Yes. You know, and, and think, that's
1: what got me about it as well. I'd say that's definitely a benefit that I was like, yes, get me in that. Um, and it's the health. It's the not breathing in all these shitty chemicals that are are holding us in an environment and then becoming part of our own bodies. No, thank you.
2: Yeah. So, again, it's a different value proposition for a different Mm -hmm. person. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is in the building industry, often the people that are making the decisions are not. Man, I'm whining. I should stop whining. Um, the people making no, I so whine for the decisions. It's the truth, you're just <laughs> illustrating. You're not whining. Uh, they, you know, the, the property developers, and so they have a bottom line, and of they course, yeah. they are measured on the difference between what they brought the property for and how much they make on that resale. Okay. I mean, there's a great, I don't know if you watch, I was recently at home with my parents, and they were watching home TV on some TV New Zealand channel, and there's this show called Property Flippers, and they are literally measured on how much profit could they make on the sale of a house, and it's a TV show. You know, that's what we aspire to, is that that is a good thing. Mm. So, I mean, how are you supposed to compete when, <laughs> when the market is wired in that way? But also, yeah. are you supposed to compete in an
0: environment, and I'm, what I'm talking about there in a national environment, mm. or even a global environment? Yeah, yeah. Um, could you kind of give us, cause you touched on it in your TEDx Wellington talk, but I still don't know enough about like the Kiwi build, the leaky house situation. In other mm. words, when I came to New Zealand in uh, 2011, um, I thought, wow, this would be the best country <laughs> in the world if
2: it had central heat, and, <laughs> <localization> <laughs> and insulation. Do you want to know a really interesting fact about that though? We have the lowest um, carbon emissions per household in the world because we don't heat our houses?
0: <laughs> no How good is that?
2: I don't know... Well, that's so right. it's right.
0: Wow, that's not Wow! Is that a... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like celebrate but don't because... How do we feel about that? Because exactly. we don't live in a pro- tropical
2: climate. No. So that would yeah. be great if we were living. Yeah, in exactly. If you were in Bali, you'd be like, yeah, "Of course you can." Yeah. sweet. Yeah. But we are global warming.
1: Fast forward 100 years, we might yeah. be there. you Yeah,
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> we might just never need to do this. But we have a growing, <laughs> as I
0: understand, a growing issue in New Zealand around you know health <laughs> and well yeah. being, specifically yeah. relating to our bad yeah. houses. Houses kill people. Yeah, houses kill people. Yeah. But, so, what is the, the national situation when you start to think about you know these initiatives like Kiwi Build and the, the problems with the scandal around leaky houses mm. and where you fit into mm. that conversation? or your ideas fit into yeah. that, not you personally, but the ideas.
2: It's really hard to say because I'm—I mean, I'm still a student technically, and I've got very limited real-world building industry experience in some measures. Um, and so, what I, from my position, say is that there's been like you know. 50 years of poor um, decision-making in the building industry that has resulted in today. And Kiwibuild Build is not just going to be able to fix that in, I mean, three years was the initial target, right? 10,000 homes or something like that in three years. I mean, that's laughable now. Um, okay. ret- looking back, le- retrospectively, you'd be like, oh, well, you'd never do that. And yes, evidently, we haven't done that. You know, th- this is a, like a systemic problem that requires like you know, policy to change in alignment with building industry practices in alignment with council and consenting and and a whole lot of, like, things to come into alignment to be able to deliver the buildings that we we need. And that comes at a huge environmental cost. That's the other thing, right? Like, can we put up, can we accept the environmental cost of that to make our people healthier and better off and more productive and all those things? Because there is a tension there. Can we actually retrofit, you know, because, like, Three hundred or four hundred thousand New Zealand homes with double glazing, when that is a huge cost on you know aluminium and glass and all these materials are imported and you know it's huge. How do we how do we reconcile those things? Very. And the standard different. of new yeah. homes now, where are we at? Mm, where are we at in terms of? Alt- as someone who's come into this country, you will be able to tell straight away that it's very poor. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. low. Yeah, but the new builds. The new builds. If I had to build a house today,
0: are there any? Standards that you go okay, we're we'll getting it with this now, both no. environmentally no. and and health. Uh, no. Okay, <laughs>
2: no. No. But, like you can if you want to, you can mm-hmm. build a great house. There's nothing stopping you from doing that, but you can't. The minimum requirement, the minimum standard, is not a great house, and that's widely. I mean, you hear that mm-hmm. that said by heaps of different commentators in that space that mm-hmm. it's not an acceptable level to build. And and you, I mean, the the funniest thing is when Europeans come to New Zealand. And they say, "Hang on, is this the, actually a new house? Like, I live in this. There's condensation inside. It's cold. Like, I have to like cool it and heat it. Like, you know, it's it's absurd to them. And that's why you find there's a lot of um, particularly German um, building practitioners in New Zealand because they see a they see a market opening. <laughs> the the exactly. <laughs> yeah, they say, mm. well, we can fix this. We just need to get our methods into this country. Yeah, it's a." But but interestingly, we're actually very similar to the US market. So so we shouldn't be like, oh, we're so bad, you know, New Zealand is the worst. Mm-hmm. Australia is probably even worse, but they get away with it because it's warmer. Right, of course. <laughs> and yeah. the US is very similar on our lines in terms of construction methodology and performance. So you so
1: definitely have some colder places yeah, than and we m- have much as well. Colder so colder places. Practical. Yeah, but
2: That's they fine. do heat their houses aggressively unlike New Zealand, and that's because the energy is cheaper. So again, all these flow-on mm. effects mm. cause these issues. Going back to your product, the X-Frame product that's
0: coming out of your PhD research, where are you at with that bit of the story? Because when you stood on the stage, you had it next to you, yeah. you had a visualization of it. People
2: were yeah. like, oh, oh cool, this guy. go, let's do it. And then gotcha. in the YouTube comments, they said, show me a real house, Jed. And so we did. We built a real house. Well, oh. a little house.
1: Yeah, Yo, you listen to the YouTube <laughs> read, comments. Yeah, I read the YouTube comments <laughs> wow. to my
2: detriment. Yeah. Yes. Cool. A little bit. And had therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dark room. Walking yeah. <laughs> back and
0: forth. <laughs> uh, there was some vitriolic stuff in there, but it was yeah. also some wonderful celebration. It was a good cross section of YouTube. I It was I a cross section yeah. of yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I mean, you put but it anyways, stuff out so there. So you built a house. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, we built. So we built two little houses. One in Auckland. I convinced a a man that owns a nursery, like a, a food, uh, plant nursery, gotcha. to build a little 10 square meter cabin. Um, and he was just on board with it. He was like a classic New Zealander, as I like to describe him. You know, like, doesn't agree with the rules. Just wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. Not too worried about risk and all of that. You know, just wanted Brilliant. to get it done and, yeah. and, and, like, experiment. Like, it was a really... I don't know if you're familiar with Sir e. Ian the the architect from Wellington? No? So he's a... Um, New Zealand's most famous architect, okay. um, and he designed all of the weird curvy-shaped stuff that you see. Like it's um, there's a church on Willis Street opposite the dental clinic, mm-hmm. the Church of Scientology, I think it might be called, or the New Scientist Church, or something like that. And it's got this okay. weird blobby-like roof. No, you guys look. Like bl- I'm getting blank nah, faces. No, you're yeah? <laughs> blanking, blanking. But, but I'm, I'm yes. with you on the yes. journey stuff. Yes. So this yeah, guy, yeah. this guy so, was known in the 1960s and 70s. He's built these houses in. Uh, around Wellington, mm-hmm. and he built them from recycled materials with his own hands. Mm. And he experimented with his technologies. And, and New Zealand at that time was on like leading the world in like in a new way of building. It was like postmodernism. Sorry, now we've gone deep back. Oh, This okay. is good. We need yeah, to
1: know yeah. more about this, as you can tell yeah, yeah. with yeah. the blanks before. We're just
2: like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. feed us. Yeah. So, so yeah, he did this, and he was widely respected for it. The council hated him. The other architects weren't, didn't like him because it, it wasn't like the classy sexy architecture it was like you know it was like brick and plaster and rough and ready but it was these wonderful spaces um, and so that has been a huge inspiration for me it was like you know what if you want to do something in the space get out there and do it yourself so we did we went and we went and built these buildings and i mean you know he went on to be a fantastic architect i will barely be able to scrape the surface <laughs> but you know he can be an inspiration so anyway we did that. Right. We've got these two buildings. Um, they were enough to leverage a little bit more interest from the commercialisation side. Um, yes. And now we have, we're have. we working with some Australian um, commercialisation experts um, to scale up. And so we've got more prototypes, and there's going to be a very exciting um, prototype in Wellington that's going into uh, 57 Willis Street. So Unity Books. So the f- mm. above Unity Books, there's a co-working space going in, and we are going to put the petition walls in that space. So exciting. Um, Definitely. And, yeah. It's good to bring it home as well. Yeah. Not exactly just in Australia yeah. and you it's, of it's lose right some of the in connection. Wellington. And we'll be okay. able to walk people into it and show them this. Oh I love the showcase. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's, it's yeah. And it's like a chance to show other Wellington tenancies that mm. this is doable and that you should be doing this. Because we even yeah. want to be well, we will be able to like you'll be able to walk into the room and unmount the frame in a, all of five minutes which is pretty cool. You know, it poses issues to security <laughs> because it means <laughs> that you could just Oh yeah, you can take the wall <laughs> and, <laughs> and go through, but we'll work on that. Um, okay. Yeah. So, we'll, wow, you, might, yeah, it's great. It's an exciting time. Yeah, Then it, it, there's a definitely a leap to be made um, from this prototype work into like, right. mainstream. Um, and that that's a huge leap, but we'll get there. Um, and. I remember when Oli and I first met. Um, I was just starting this commercialisation process. It was back in, um, when was it? May 2019? Oh, it
1: that long ago. Was it June? Last I, year at some point before the world changed yeah, irrevocably. It yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly. would have been around May if we yeah, yeah and Because August was the event, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so Oli had been through this process of getting this technology into the world, mm. and I was very curious about how, how to go about that because they... At university, they don't teach you how to do that, right. and then you go into this commercialization space, and people are talking to you like you know the process, and like you know the next step, and like you know what a board report is, and like all these, all these like ways of valuing your company, and you're like, I, I, I need help. So, um, yeah, it's been a just the commercialization knowledge growth thing is, is crazy. You know, it's it's. Why such should a you know all that? We you know, there's an expectation,
0: <laughs> I mean, when you get into yeah. the startup world, and you'll know this as yeah. well, where people do expect you to know everything, and no, oh, you've never done it before. No, it's but okay.
2: but really my, my, my experience yeah. is, is yeah. that you have to get on board real fast, yes. and you have to be able to talk their lingo, otherwise you get sort of, um, not taken advantage of, but you, you get sort of talked over. Yeah, um, so you, you don't get taken seriously, life. hey, yeah. it's a real, yeah. that's
1: the barrier to entry, is, yeah. is yeah. the, the yeah. linguistics
2: of yeah. it. Yeah, it's the words, it's not actually what they're doing necessarily. Yeah, because you'll
1: yeah. be talking about the same yeah. things, no yeah. doubt, yeah. but it, it's yeah. just that jargon.
2: Yeah, and they sort of push you into your corner, they're like, oh no, you're the technology person, you're the, the, you know, the marketing person, yeah. we'll do the business. <laughs> but, but you, if you have some more understanding, you can start to actually engage in that conversation pull it back out. So that's also been a, a huge part of the last sort of six months. Yeah. you yeah, busy Learning. lad? Uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Being
0: busy yeah, since yeah, we yeah. last yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's I exciting it's, with yeah. the Australian
2: yeah. investor guys. and Yeah, the and they, they have a vision and they uh, believe in the technology, which is, I think is all you need, right? Yeah. You know, someone to believe in what you're doing and then to be able to see where that could go. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it's something I think New Zealanders maybe are a little bit guilty of. We don't, um, we're willing to like support an idea, but we're not willing to take a risk on the idea often. Does that make sense?
1: Why do you think that is? I
2: don't know. I think we are, we invest in the wrong things. We know that. We invest in property and, you know, things that are very safe and conservative. But we also um, get stuck in our ways very easily. I think. Could I
0: add a little bit as well, I think, from a, someone in coming here. Coming in, yeah. There's that conservatism, that yeah. British legacy of conservatism yeah. that is
2: seeped into the culture a little bit here. Oh yeah. And it, and it's which is weird because we sell ourselves as being a bit, you know, gung ho, DIY creative but it, it's yes not. and and <laughs> Yeah, There's definitely Rather an than end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you do that as well as, yeah. and you see this in audiences when you do events yeah. where if you, if I was to give the same talk in America, the emotional response to it is very different than if I do it here. More charged, is that what you're saying? More. I wouldn't even go that far. It's just very different from a perspective. I, can, I know in America, if I did a certain type of talk yeah. and told certain stories in a certain way, I could move that audience to dance with me, literally. And I have done that, got people up to dance with me. Yeah. I don't think here. that would be straight <laughs> away. Look at you as well. Can I go on to my seat? Yeah, Yeah, but isn't that interesting? Like, I don't think I could do that here. I
1: reckon you could you has got to find the right way. It's like the sort of dry humour
0: of Kiwis.
1: I can't imagine way. them dancing. <laughs> <So> look at <laughs> you. I'm I will break the stereotype uh, yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah, 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 definitely. yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, I hear you. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying.
0: And it's not a bad thing. It's not an illustr. It's not a... Like I said, that's why I added an and rather than a but. You know, it's not a bad thing that you guys are a little bit conservative. I just think it's a bit of a wash over from the British colonial kind of legacy There's idea. There's a lot that's
1: been washed over from that space. Yeah. That really needs to
0: go. It really needs to not be washed over and brought out. But the idea that culturally it's a bit conservative in New Zealand, that's what I would say. It's not a bad thing, it's just it is.
1: Definitely. And there's definitely, there's there's different spaces that that occupies as well. So speaking Mm. from growing up in a rural space Mm. and Mm. then contrasting that to Wellington. Wellington is a different world. Wellington is a different world. Um, One very small example to this being um, a beautiful local social enterprise called Nope Sisters who support our work that we do. Um, They make some really dope t-shirts that have quite bold things on them. One of them uh, says period on it, which supports our work in the menstrual space. Uh, And another one uh, has a boob drawn on it and then ones with scars. I, really? w- I wear that around Wellington, no one no backs an eyelid, island. I rock it, it's yep. great, everyone's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I then wore that down south, in basically in the paddock that I grew up in that a few people happened to also populate. That's right. um, and I, I, it, I couldn't work out why everyone was sort of staring at me <laughs> and <laughs> it's sort of getting really awkward. And I, was like, I looked down and realised, oh, it's the t-shirt. And it's really interesting growing up in that space and then realizing I have done quite a departure from it and you totally haven't in some ways as well with this, what go looping back to what you spoke to as well with this real connection to the land and mm. looking at things um, much more holistically. Um, and okay, so we're gonna do this, where's the payoff going to be? Where's that payoff of that payoff going to be into the future and how can we look at providing solutions that can negate that and actually offer regenerative solutions rather than just, actually, and this is a bit of a tangent, rather than just, cause there's a lot of retrograde at the moment yeah. of needing to go carbon zero, needing to have have zero footprint, needing to have zero this, zero that. But actually I think what we're needing is we're needing to have a regenerative effect. Because if we just, as humanity, aim to have a net zero, Hmm. what's that actually giving? And we're in such a space to give, and the reality is that the health of the planet does need restoring. And so I think that's the next sort of part of of this journey, um, which we're still a long way off. Have you read,
0: sorry. That's a juicy one. Mm. As in the concept. concept. Yeah. <laughs> lot, yeah, <right. laughs> I wanted to pick up on an earlier point, and then we'll come back to that yeah, if that's all right. Could you do what you had done with WA Collective? Could you have done it outside of Wellington, do you think? It was
1: a good question. <laughs> uh, I definitely could have, but it would have ended up being a completely different social enterprise that I'm running. Um, I would have found it a lot more difficult to find people who believed in me for a start and and believed in that vision and that space and were willing to to talk about periods openly and normally um and i think especially if i'd started it um yeah in a different space that wasn't as culturally culturally diverse uh we would have ended up producing something that was very narrow and actually not helping um and we're constantly learning and so i think yeah i know yeah they
0: just born off the, the idea of when you wore that t-shirt down south and yeah. I was thinking, well, your your company, your social enterprise, when you use the language positive period conversations, yes that's challenging and when you did your TEDx and jokes and you know you challenged you know man you're part mm. of this as well mm. totally okay you yeah. n- we need to be kind of yeah. conversant about this but
1: saying that as well because um, I think it's very easy to sort of stereotype rural and urban uh, yeah. and smaller yeah, places course, versus yeah. larger places yeah. and I don't want to fall into that either because of course mm. there's a lot of nuance and one yeah. thing that I have found is that my father is the biggest advocate for periods and so is my <laughs> brother and because it, you know parents are out at a social, social yeah. event or a social gathering What's Ollie up to these days? <laughs> well, <laughs> she's running a business. Great. What's the yeah, business? Yeah. And then we eventually get to the fact that it's, it's periods um, and, and working in that space. Um, and and my parents <laughs> just approach it so matter of factly.
2: They just yeah totally. right, And
1: one yeah. thing with men is as well because men on the whole don't menstruate. <laughs> um, mm. and, and so you can kind of approach this in a very practical way. Okay, you can't afford access to menstrual products. What's something that can help solve that? Mm -hmm. Rather than having the lived experience of this thing happening with your body. Uh, And so, yeah, we've found that um, with the menstrual cups that we produce um, as an alternative, a reusable alternative to tampons and pads, um, the ones that we manufacture, when we're talking about them, so often blokes are like, yeah. That makes total sense. <laughs> it lasts 10 years. You don't need to pay any more money like, for it ever. And you can leave it in all day, so you don't need to worry. So
0: we just practically kind of
1: say that the practical leaders go. go. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's not to say that they don't exist with, with um, people who have periods, but it's just that we have a different experience of our bodies because Gosh. we're the ones that are experiencing that. And so it's been really interesting to actually not just go, oh no, men or, you know, people of my father's generation, no, you're not part of this, but actually realizing that it's important that everyone is part of a conversation, no matter what space it's in for any type of social change.
0: Do your parents quote to the, do or no stories your job title? The what, sorry? The job title that you have gifted yourself.
1: Oh, yes, I love it. Um, Which is great. Do your parents use it, Yeah, I'm not sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> and for context, um, for the humans yeah. watching, that, yeah. that, that title is, I call myself, the executive menstruator um, of my, of my company, Wow Collector. It's just so cool. Isn't it good? Isn't
0: it it just, goes, it's it's
1: just, like,
0: so yeah. like, okay, this is what we're about.
1: Totally. And it's interesting because that really got challenged. I was on a, I was lucky enough okay. to be on a course last year based, um, uh, in Hawaii. And it was very American centric mm. and, uh, they were trying to convince me not to do these things with my language and <laughs> not call so myself a <laughs> administrator. and whatever you do don't say the word bloody as a pun because actually that that is a very different very different, yeah, differently used in the states as opposed to um over here and mm. um other colonized nations and um, and so there was all this sort of tension around that space, and I was like, no, it, it's different in Aotearoa. We have we have a different language set to you, and I remember there was this one talk that I did at a local school there, and the people, I introduced myself as I normally do, that I, I just own that space, and the people who are running the course, they just sort of <laughs> like, <laughs> <buries> themselves in their jerseys. And it was great, um, but, but it does point to the fact that there's a line and the mm. line is not about making people feel uncomfortable in a space that has yeah. a taboo around it because otherwise no one's going to talk about it. Yeah. And so it's sort of putting enough humour in there that makes it accessible, um, but and yeah, just enough to challenge, boldly.
0: But that's the challenge for as being probably within your space, the timing to start a social enterprise around period, or accessible period products. Mm it's probably now is the time. Think 10 years ago, yeah. could you have done it? Wouldn't it I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, right? Yeah. And so it is about timing and I think it is about the literacy of other people and having those conversations that felt awkward a few years ago. And then now it's like, of course we can talk about this. And and your summary uh, in in the talk, which I come back to in my brain and it made me smile in a way in today was the idea that, uh, menstruations is a subscription service women never signed up for.
1: Absolutely, that's the line. <laughs> <laughs> that's the line, it's become a pharmaceutical process that, yeah, that's a subscription. And,
0: and it's, uh, yeah, that pharmaceutical but we didn't say kind of a full body yes to. No, no. <laughs> there was no voting was there, as, as I understood. Um, so, so tell us about kind of where you're at with your story. Well, tell us about where you were when we met sure. with your story. Versus no and then I want to get into the Hawaii thing because that's quite a big deal.
1: Yeah, sure uh, So so when we met uh, I had started my journey into the entrepreneurial space um, About five years before that when I had moved to India um, finding out that um, just before I left I found out that uh, if a girl gets her period and she doesn't have access to any resources that she can even Um, you know, use as a menstrual product. She then drops out of school and the cycle of poverty continues. And that had really, really affected me. Um, I'd I'd grown up in a very privileged space on the farm, we'd had access to everything we needed. And so I simply hadn't had to think about it to the subscription model that we never signed up for, right? Um, And so off I went, um, had some incredible impact there, some many, many learnings, came back here, um, figured out that actually, Just, well, hang on, first of all, we weren't talking about periods. Uh, So I was like, well, what's actually happening here? Mm. And I found out that both people and planet cannot afford the way that we're managing periods and it's it's not a period that's the issue, it's the way we're managing it. Mm. Um, and very much looping back into your story as well, it's sort of looking at, okay, how if we're going to try and have an impact for people, say, that are, that are missing out on class because they don't have access to menstrual product, but what's the environmental payoff for that? And is there a, there a midpoint that can actually Right, I come together come yeah. together, and join those two and have some yeah. real symbiotic impact that's mm. regenerative right yeah. because it's bigger it's part yeah. of a greater whole mm. and that's what gets me going oh. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, yeah we were um, about we were two years into that we had a product um, mm-hmm. and yeah chugging along nicely mm. and where are we now wow last year last year was big there were TED talky things uh, there were Edmund Hillary fellowshipy things. Mm-hmm. There were Obama Foundation things. I met Michelle Obama, which was crazy. She gives really good hugs. I,
2: be, I can I can see it. No way, I can see it. Yeah, I'll take her on. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah nice. She's definitely worth taking on for a hug. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so.
0: Sorry, no, I'm not going to stop you. Go for it.
1: No, no, Carry all good, on. all good. And so, um, and I was very much in a space of um, being, being really lifted up with my energy, and I felt like I was sort of dancing on the canopy of these trees, and all there were all these connections, and and um, and beautiful humans to be met, and um, some really interesting projects that were that were sort of starting to starting to happen. Um, and then of course COVID hit, um, and then sort of that. External-facing space was removed slightly, and then I sat with myself, got the concussion, <laughs> and everything just had to slow down. Um, but we're about to launch a really exciting campaign that's um, embargoed that I can't oh, no. talk about it yet. <laughs> um, but it launches—it launches very soon. Um, it's nationwide. It's—it's—it's it's, it's going to be good. Deal. It got COVIDed. <laughs> And so it was supposed okay. to launch um, before, but, but it's coming around again, which we're really excited about, and that okay. fits in really nicely with um, some impact that we've got happening jointly with the government at the moment. Uh, so you may have seen that within the last budget announcement, there was $2.6 million uh, allocated to get menstrual products to, um, to students in, in Aotearoa, and that is such a good win. Was
2: but, that your lobbying effort, partially? Um, yes, absolutely. A group it? that
1: we in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're definitely part of that. Yeah, and,
2: that's it's absolutely
1: massive because yeah. one thing that we've seen from the start is that you know we're a small country, we can solve period poverty and we can also solve it sustainably so that we're looking for long-term solutions but it's it's not going to work with just a few sort of industry players doing this thing over there or doing this thing over there and working in silos. It's to
2: come from a higher totally Totally.
1: We need to be working together in mm. conjunction with government mm. and so now we're able to do that and so last year we, got, um, we reached out to everybody in the industry both within the educational space, And also within the product space and everything in between. Um, And we got everyone together for a big meetup. And it was really, I was really nervous about it because... Um, Were you facilitating this? Yeah. Um, I Just, wasn't facilitating okay. it, which was lovely. Um, <laughs> I love it when I don't yeah, have to facilitate yeah. okay. things. But I also enjoy facilitating. But, um, exactly, you are good at it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And uh, so, so we had everyone there and, and it was a really beautiful, supportive environment and then we took that space and that energy um, and a whole lot of writing to government, to influence mm. policy, and it happened, it happened. Which is fantastic.
2: Not many people can say that it happened. No, oh, well,
1: but <laughs> classically it's not enough um, okay. and so so what the government are doing they're rolling out a trial with around 15 schools in the Waikato region uh, and it's just for tampons and pads and in my opinion that's actually not a trial that's yeah. sort of putting a solution rather than trying multiple solutions in that space. i
2: to ask, in the lobbying process you, you managed to obviously to get the funding but you didn't be able to get a, a clause in there about the environmental impact of that. Was we tried the, our best. Yeah, and I mean yeah. with
1: this, you know, this is the government's project that we've mm. sort of bought a, a voice to. Side, yeah. um, and so it's it's it feels still very much like their space, but but there's an open door. Yeah. which is good, yeah. um, and we've been really, really pushing for that, because yeah. frankly, I, I feel that if there's a there's a budget allocation for menstrual products, and that doesn't have an exit strategy built into it of how it's actually going to free people, and actually yeah. solve the problem of yeah. period poverty, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're just, it's just going to keep on costing taxpayer and planet, and right now we have I may be quoting this wrong, but 280 um, landfills across New Zealand that are like on the like brink of washing out and going through and doing a fox glacier. And so we're getting, we cannot ignore the problem of waste any longer. And then there's the issues of course of um, recycling, going off overseas and that whole space. And that's building, building, building. Um, and then there's already the, you know, tons of menstrual products that go into landfill each year and it's like that and then yeah. so this the, and we're like come on team mm. let's let's build a structure into this that can actually approach both of those were, and not be continuously costing taxpayers were they, taxpayer.
2: were they re- like you know because obviously your product is I mean it, it, it's like the perfect product it's the golden egg right it solves these one of them yeah, yeah. Yes. and so were they re- did they discuss the possibility of building that into a long-term strategy? Or? Yeah, 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 the,
1: the discussions are yeah. there, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's just that very much like you were speaking to as well with um, a more environmental and sustainable solution, the upfront cost is often more.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but mm. the long-term yeah. benefits, especially if you're looking holistically, yeah. that's when it really pays yeah. off. And so that's the difficult, difficult thing, especially with you know governments and elections mm. and all the things that get tied into there. But it's going to be so much cheaper if you know we're, we've done the maths on it. Um, mm. I don't have the figures on the top of my head, mm. but it is so much cheaper um, if we built in, say, a, a core foundation of this um, project with the government. Say, was cool. We're going to be, um, it's going to be reusable pads. It's going to be period-proof underwear, mm-hmm. and it's going to be menstrual cups. Because then you've got choice in that space, yeah. and sort of yeah. as a wrap around that, you've got. Yeah. And some pads as well yep. because of course a reusable menstrual product for someone say who is um without a house um they're not going to have anywhere to wash that product yeah. right and yeah. so we need everything so you're covering
2: the holes we need like,
1: everything yeah. but i strongly feel that if we build the core center of that with reusability mm. then then we've got long lasting mm. change that's not costing taxpayers perpetually either put that with education so that we can be actually asking better questions about our bodies mm. as well and understanding our bodies and then we're onto a winner and, so, and that door for that conversation is very much open. So I'm viewing this okay. as like a That's great a oh, yeah. starting yeah. point okay. and still a win.
0: Yeah, because of the disposable nature of periods, I never understood until you started talking about it. Yeah. And,
1: and the, it's recent as well. It didn't used to be like that.
0: Well, you just highlighting, you know, I think, peri- you know, jump in and, and that pads and, and uh, other products have like a tenure um, kind of breakdown cycle to them.
1: Even more. If they're not organic, they can be up to 500 years. And
0: that was where I was going to go. Yeah, the other ones are much longer. And you're like, okay, that's devastating. Because yeah. they just go in one place, right? Yes. A landfill. Yeah. And the same with the construction waste. And it's just, wow, I never thought about that. So right? that's such a.
1: And you don't think about it, especially when you're like, don't you talk you?
0: about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <if> <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Because <laughs> you don't. I don't use those types of products, I'm not gonna think about it. And then like you say, not even talking about it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and then you're know, looking at that holistically even further, like there's actually nutrients that our body our body is giving, like that actually can be fed back to the land and, and right. you know, in a regenerative way to actually help grow things and give back give back to the land. But we're so far off that conversation, Yeah, collecting,
2: right? collecting, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a new bit of the conversation, <laughs> I'm a nerd.
1: Uh, it is a new uh, bit of the conversation. Okay,
2: yeah. But you're right, for a full closed loop, that's what's needed.
1: <laughs> and it's what was yes. um, so before colonization in, in New Zealand, um, the Kopapa Māori culture around this was that periods were celebrated, um, and they were seen um, as a as a link right back to Papa Tūanuku, the earth. And you, um, you your moss was used to collect um, yeah. periods um, blood, and then that was given back to the earth.
2: So just composted as Absolutely. such. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, wow.
1: and I think I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that, that makes sense with, you know, a one-use product in, in that sense. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think there's some really beautiful things that can yeah. actually come from this space, but there's a lot of behavior change and a lot of unlearning um, and a lot of listening that we need to do in order to get there.
0: So the product works in a sense of, like you said, it uh, answers all the, 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 the real questions and provides solutions to things that most people don't think is a problem, and it does. Yeah. But I'm interested in that mind change shift mm. that needs to happen around it. Mm. Um, and is that where the EHF side comes in, in terms of helping you? Because as I understand the EHF puts you in front of so many different types of people, mm. lets you learn rapidly through other people who are doing other things and they mentor you and stuff like that. Tell us about your EHF. Do you know about EHF, by the way? Briefly,
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Give me so intro. this is this is the Edmund Hillary sure. Fellowship, yeah. um, a fantastic collective of humans based here in New Zealand. Um, and um, what happens in that space is that there's an impact visa, um, and so people who are working on amazing visionary product um, projects um, internationally, you know, who are like, yes, I see this thing, and they're actually executing it. Um, they then can come into New Zealand with an impact visa and carry out work here and add to the infrastructure. Um, that already exists here and help boost it. Um, and there's also some Kiwis who are fellows as well. Um, in order to, to sort of you know help the space move. Um, and so I'm lucky enough to be part of that. Uh, and so I've been in this space now since August last year. Um, so coming up a year. Yeah, which is it goes odd. fast, doesn't it? The year has just it's done a thing where it just disappears again. Um, and yeah, it's been utterly incredible uh, and a real, real boost. Um, because it's it's really easy to sort of... There's two bits that are actually, I find that I get caught up in. One is thinking about the big picture so much that everything just becomes completely overwhelming um, with how much it feels like there is to do, going back to that word again, yeah. you know, doing, but how much it feels like we, we need to shift um, in the world to get to a space that actually is sustainable, both for people um, and also for planet. Um, and in the same sense... Um, Sort of on the opposite side of that, it can be like really difficult. We're just going, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's beautiful just to be having those conversations with mm, other people yep. um, who are all at different stages with what they're up to, um, and and are really, really within. Yeah, within a really strong network with that space. So yeah. yeah I can I'm, imagine it's
0: done good for your brain to go, oh, you're dealing with the same issues I'm dealing with. Yes. And I thought you were cleverer than me. You know, I've always loved when I get exposed to people who are like more successful, but they're dealing with the same problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely, like, just from different lenses, which yeah, is actually yeah, exactly. really, really important. Mm. Um, so, so that's been incredible. Um, and it's been interesting as well contrasting that with um, the experience from the Obama Foundation um, mm-hmm. where, because um, EHF is um, quite flat in the way that it's set up, um, and so the, there's a real lack of hierarchy in your like, Classically
2: in. New Zealand in that way, yeah. <laughs> in a yeah. way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um whether yeah. Where, there,
1: where there is, I suppose, um, Obama Foundation is classically American. Yes. Um, How
2: did you get into the, because
0: uh, you're an Asia-Pacific Asia Pacific leader. Yes. Crazy,
1: hey. <laughs> Honestly, I, I had the floor when I got that email. I was like, this is getting ridiculous. So, what's now. the process
0: of getting into the Obama Foundation? Just literally, I'm interested in how you. I don't know,
1: DK. Yeah, come on, just, <laughs> <laughs> who
0: have you got to buy a drink for? Come on, I want to yeah. know.
1: Um, it came off the back of a course that I was um, in a women's leadership course in Hawaii, um, okay. with the go looping back to the conversation around language. Um, <laughs> and then there was a WhatsApp group that I was part of that someone had just dropped a link in to this um, and said that there was some sort of loose ties because the program that the Obama, sorry, the Obama Foundation are rolling out um, sort of went through some iterations and validation in Hawaii. Um and so I just thought to drop that in there. Dropped in what I'm really, really passionate about. Yes. Um, and and then Got in, along with eight other incredible Kiwis. Um, and so so what met. does that mean?
0: What, what do you end up doing with them and for them and continue to do because it's not just like a that's it, goodbye.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a year long yeah. program. Yeah. Uh and so we all got flown over to um to Kuala Lumpur and on a five day basically it was a five day values based leadership training space, which was really, really cool. Um and what really surprised me about it was that EHF was facilitated so well with our welcome week, and I just felt that it was done really, really beautifully. And I was like, oh man, sort of nothing can... Can't,
2: can't compare. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. compare.
1: And, and no, it can't compare. And it was a very different space, but there was a real level of vulnerability that was still welcome there. And I didn't expect that. I I went in with, with perhaps the feeling that, oh, it might be one of those spaces where everyone's just like, I do this and I do that, and mm-hmm. oh, you only do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just that real <laughs> gross, rather than because the most important thing is doing the work. It's not yeah. being part of X Foundation or X Group. It's mm-hmm. it's doing the work. Um, and yeah, I was worried that people be way too caught up in that, but they weren't. I mean, they yeah. were good humans, yeah. and it was How great. Yeah. And Did you two, ate from
0: the, Kiwi, right? a Kiwi. D- sorry, yes,
1: a Kiwis. There were two hundred of us, so wow. it was, it was okay. absolutely huge. Um, and within that space, there was sort of smaller g- breakout space and things. But the whole thing is, um, it's very, it's, it's very, mm. trying to find the right word it's got, it's like, okay, this bit's for this, this bit's for this, this bit's for this, See take your pick. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, rather than um, sort of us being able to give more into the space and help sort of co-create it with it. Gotcha. Um, but there's okay. obviously a gift and a curse with each ways of those ty- different types of leadership. What's so. like the
2: flow on? So it's for a year, you said, is there more yes. like stuff to do?
1: Yeah, they're still, from my understanding, they're still figuring it out, which okay. is actually kind of cool, yeah. which is yeah. kind of cool. Um, but so for now we have a year long program where each month we meet up with, I suppose the equivalent of a whānau group. Um, with 12 of us um, and we support each other in the work that we're doing um, and
0: this is internationally probably all mixed up are you yes absolutely so
1: so people from all over the asia pacific and actually during this whole space of covid and all the other run-on ramifications that we're even yet to see from that um, it's really really incredible to have a a, quite a tight-knit group of people from a really large international space Mm -hmm. to be able to just get a bigger grasp of the picture Mm -hmm. of what's happening Um, I'm eternally grateful. Um, It's incredible because it it means that we can bring, through both Edmund Hillary and Obama Foundation, um, through our team we can bring in so much more of a globalised picture of what's happening and then bring that to New Zealand. And also bring what's happening in New Zealand, because we are leading in very many spaces, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and and bring that rhetoric um, and, and that language and that philosophy out as well.
0: That's amazing. So Michelle Obama giving you hugs, what's that about? kate was lovely. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Storm> <laughs> well, you know, before you meet someone, you're like, oh, sort of, who's puppeting who? Like, what do they really like? Okay. And, you know, yeah. I, I just, I really went in with trying not to expect anything. Um, and no, but it, it was incredible. I ended up in a small in um, a small um, round table event um, with, with Michelle, with Barack Obama's sister, um, and then this really famous actress who I'd never heard of before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Do you she, remember her name? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, Lana Condor. <laughs> Um, she ha- I looked her up, really cool human and she, she cool. has like sort of 7.5 million sort of, you know, followers on Instagram Oh, okay, Instagram just one of those, I'm
0: yeah. Like, oh, you're okay. She wins. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Wow. And so, um, but I have this cool <laughs> thing where I just seem to treat everyone as humans. Yeah. Because we're all just doing <laughs> the, the work, right? And so I just went in with that attitude and I was, I was quite nervous though. I sort of, instead of having butterflies, there were sort of cows gallivanting around my stomach, I mean, Michelle you
2: know? Obama, yeah, that would do it to you. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> and nice. so there were 11 yeah. of us in this room uh, there was a wall of paparazzi on one side there were bodyguards all around as well and we sort of oh. hurried into this space and we had two minutes to each basically do an elevator pitch to michelle okay. um and i was like <laughs> <laughs> i've got this yeah <laughs> you guys. And so I was like i'm just gonna be ollie yeah and and that's actually the key is just to be yourself mm-hmm. so i kicked off my shoes i sat cross-legged on my chair i leaned in i had a yarn with um <laughs> obama's sister maya who was sitting beside me um, and then when it came to my opportunity to speak i just launched in flowing puns galore yeah, yeah. um and rip. spoke to the intersectionality of both um women's health issues um women's empowerment and climate change Mm. Um, and that mix and it all just flowed so incredibly and then I finished by saying and I do this work because no girl should miss out because she's born with a mighty pair of ovaries. (laughs) At which point Michelle just lost it and she goes, Ollie, that needs to be on a t-shirt. I was like, yes, Michelle, it does, you watch this.
2: (laughs) Gotta send her that t-shirt. Get a photo.
1: Mm. that's so
2: cool though to get that feedback like just to get the engagement you know Mm.
1: and it goes on because i was i'm not wearing them today but i have this really bright pair of cherry earrings and i was also wearing those and i I wear them because um fruit are like ovaries and so it's wearing one's ovaries with pride on the outside and so i finished off by saying that and then what naturally happened was afterwards after the talking the formalities had finished um i go up to michelle and she goes ollie can I touch your ovaries?
2: <laughs> so those earrings have been tarnished by Michelle Obama. Sacred. I hope you're not wearing them anymore.
1: No, no, I can't. Mean, they, they need to be worn. They need to be accepted.
2: No, no they need uh, to be framed. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> What um, a
2: good, va-
0: like you were saying, validation yeah. from yeah. someone. Yeah, else. yeah. just oh, that it's, affirmation. It's yeah. beautiful.
1: And yeah. it just really proves that, you know, when you're working in the space of something that's a taboo um, or any space of behaviour change, have the confidence to speak boldly about mm-hmm. it, um, and speak with humility, um, and find a compassionate way in order to convey your message. And then things can really shift.
0: How did you get to that point, though, in terms of like the first time I met you was like this? Mm-hmm. You're like this. You're like this every day time, stick you on a stage, you're like this, (laughs) right? But how did you get to that point of being so confident? Mm. And and so, just you.
1: Oh, it's lovely. No, from a perspective of if
0: you think about your peers. Mm. You know, you know not everybody is as enthusiastic, purposeful, Mm. happy, Mm. confident.
1: Oh, yeah, you guys! Yeah. I mean, you okay, know, it, it, it yeah, comes okay. in waves as well. But I, yeah. Of course,
0: but but was there like a, a, a moment, or was there some mm. training that you had, coaching, mentorship, or was it this is you? You're just lucky.
1: I think it's an ollie, but okay. of course, it's, it's the life experiences that I've been able to have, and I yeah. think I'd very much owe that to my parents. Um, they, interestingly, so they they decided from when I was a child to, uh, right from when I was a baby, to not use. Um, sort of like Mori, mod, this is the concussion, I swear. <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> so I can blame it on things. Um, but um, to use like sort of that baby sort of language with me and that okay. cuckoo, they yeah. spoke to me like they're equal from day one. You're and like an adult baby. Yeah. 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 And, and, and obviously <laughs> with like the tenderness and care as well, but they, they made yeah. a purposeful decision to not talk down to me, but to speak with me. Yeah, I and I think that had a massive massative? Me- <laughs> Massive <laughs> formative-ness on my life.
0: And I met your bro, your bro's like you as well. Yeah. So, he's yeah. like this and
1: even more. Yeah, wow.
2: so it, I can see how, you know, nurture versus nature. So that's type thing, a, right? you didn't depart, you really, <laughs> the, the energy went full in both. We went full, You didn't and get it all and then he just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like my
1: father's, he, he's, a, he's a farmer but he's an actor.
2: Right. He is okay. an actor.
1: He, he gets on stage and he, mm. he is just even more of himself. And I think he hasn't been able to express that for much of his life because he's been farming. Um, and so I, I think it's sort of those things that our parents um, have innately, but often because of obligation and just simple life paths and what right. life throws at you, mm. you're not able to express that and lean mm. into that. And so I'm, I'm eternally grateful for being given the opportunity to be able to express that. So not, I think that's what answers that question. Yeah,
0: because not a lot of people, a lot of people, sorry, the other way, fear their voice.
1: Mm, and a lot
0: definitely. of work that I do with the speaker coaching stuff, I'm just trying to give people agency and uh, and permission to have their own stories and to share them mm-hmm. with joy or yeah, the other side of it, with sadness as well, mm. it doesn't matter, mm. but, but with the emotion laced into their stories mm. and experience. But more importantly, that you have that permission to have voice.
1: Definitely. you
0: know. And, and that's the frustrating thing, that most people don't imbue that. And you don't do imbue that very well, I'm not criticising you, no. but I remember our first, <laughs> and I'm gonna turn this into a compliment, even though I just read <laughs> it, <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> because I remember your first uh, TEDx Wellington coaching the draft, the draft. <laughs> the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And he, you know, you remember it. You all get up, you do your th- first go, and we were all like, "Yeah, that's it. Don't do anything. Just do that again. Just don't change anything." And then when you got up on stage, brilliant. But Mm -hmm. I know off the stage, you're you're so not sure of yourself. Yeah, I'm very, very
2: quiet. I'm
0: not like knocking it as a personality. It's just
2: that's interesting to me is when someone mean, It's interesting having us in the room together, right? Because we are very different In. Mm -hmm. A presence? Would that yes. be the right word? But, but there, yeah. there's like but a, that balances. There's a
1: balance and yeah. there's still yeah. a sort of a hum yeah. underneath that sings off the same song page, I think. And I definitely need, people we, we need yeah. a, a lot of balance. Um because otherwise I just go flying off into the clouds mm. i get yeah. way too excited. Yeah. Like with my TED talk, had to be like, okay, Ollie, like you're saying some really sad bits <laughs> in here that really suck and you're like smiling away Oh
0: you remember. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that was that was that was mad. that was a turning point for me, DK. It was good um to to actually be able to, to the Body feedback, more. right.
2: The feedback helps so much. And mm. it's like the canned feedback as mm. well because it's the direction that you don't get. Because, you know, you often talk about something and you give this conversation and, and no one will tell you what was wrong or right. They'll just move on to mm. the next thing. You know, so to, to ha- actually have that, like, direct feedback that was cutting in a good way. <laughs> it's yeah, meaningful. It's yeah, Yeah, That was the thing, yeah. Like yeah. you said, there's a hum
0: underneath. And I think what the hum is, is you both imbue purpose really well. Mm. and you know what you're here to do. Mm. In some regards, you know where your talents lie and you know where you can throw that talent behind something to have some energy that, see it
2: manifest, whether it be x-ray, whether it be y-collective, it's manifested. A question about that though, with purpose, do you often question if you'd made the right decisions? No. No, you just, you I back it's yourself a 110%. Yeah. Um,
1: it's, it's not to say that I don't have have self-doubt, because I do, but yeah. I think there's a difference between okay. having self-doubt yeah. and having a judgmental retrospective on sort of where you come from, and, yeah. I mean, that's that.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: as long mm. as there can be some learning from mm. that, mm. Um, no. no, so you, I, you, I don't. Yeah. I, I instead yeah. look for even more bits in there that I've sort of missed and how I can mm. thread that through, mm, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Why did you ask that question? Uh, okay. it, it's very interesting because in the space that I work in, there's a lot of answers. Well, actually, it's in your space as well. There's a lot of um, different answers to the same problem. And so you always wonder whether you need to almost wind it right back and go at it from another angle because there's, you know, there's so many solutions. Oh, I hear. Absolutely. And, and so it's, sometimes it's hard, just particularly, you know, when it's 3 a.m. and you're doing these drawings and you've got a deadline and, you know, and you're like, well, did, is this actually the right decision? You know, you question yourself. Yes. No matter how much purpose you think you have, and, and even though the task at hand is valuable,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you question the way you're going about it. Um, so I'm very curious. No, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can I can yeah. I hear you on that experience
1: yeah. as well. Maybe it's
2: something about discipline, yeah. Mm. Mm. Because
0: your discipline in architectural design construction, yeah, 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 the whole space, yeah, is seen as a, a discipline. Yeah, yeah. And where yeah, people yeah. spend Different, seven yeah. years before yeah. they even yeah. get paid to do what it, yeah. what it is they just yeah. studied stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas yours is not so much a discipline. I don't know what to call yours.
1: I don't know. You know I mean? I, it's a bit of a play,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> a play between different worlds and different spaces, yeah. and looping them together on yeah. a on a line of purpose. Yeah. yeah. So that discipline yeah. then
0: yeah. has so much more academic rigor behind it, mm-hmm. which forces you to op- op- to, to ask those questions. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, which can be really uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I
1: also ask those questions, yeah. though, but I think it comes from. Like, it comes from a space of going, okay, is my impact, I think, I mean, this is what you're saying, is my impact genuinely meaningful? Yeah. yeah. Like, have we asked enough people about this, and are we listening to enough people to actually be doing something that is not for us, but for our purpose, Mm. and for others? And it can be kind of overwhelming sometimes as well, when you start just zooming up bigger and bigger and bigger, and seeing more and more things that are interrelated, and you just go... Is it actually helping? Should, should we actually be doing like a, a school program for toddlers yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. you know about understanding yeah. your body? Is we that intervene? where we rewind yeah. it back to? Yeah. Um, but it definitely it, it doesn't negate that the current path that we're on, and it's sort of it's a play I think between those those two spaces of yeah. the rigidity um, mm. of of sort of going forward and looking back systematically, um, and then the play of where else you can go. Mm.
0: So I'm really interested as well, just to kind of get your take on what does success look like? Do you have those vision um, moments where you go, I will know, or I'm done with this project when. Mm. Like, Do you have a what does success look like moment in
2: your thinking Mm. and PhD research that you're currently in? (sighs) That whole milestone thing is really hard, Mm. Um, particularly in in academia. Academia, because the further you go up, the, the wider those milestones get apart. You know, that at first it's every six weeks you have an assignment, and then it's every term you'll have a submission, and then it's once a year you'll have a submission, and now it's three years. And I've you always talk to the people that have just graduated, and you go, what does it feel like? It must feel great. You know, you have it in this document, yep. and you get to walk out the door and say bye. And... They say, Oh, it's so anticlimactic, So you kinda of like you have to build yourself up to the yeah. anticlimax, I think. For for me, for for in an academic sense, but for me that's not the purpose. So that's mm. I think gonna be easier as well. Because I'm not there quite often often you a PhD will be a career progression, right? You know, it's a key step to being an academic. Yeah. But I think for me, I mean, cool. If I get to teach architecture, that'd be great fun. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is the research and the meaningful impact that the research can have. Mm. And so, for me, every building that we build is just this like moment of jubilation. Like it's really exciting. It's, it's the one thing that I, mm. you know, I have to go into that space alone for a while and just be like, oh. <laughs> this is, you know, this is like, it's like giving birth to a, yeah. <laughs> to a thing that's in the world. Well, surely when um, you saw those two prop- properties built off your designs. Oh, yeah. It's, it's that
0: was like, to- okay, this yeah. is a milestone. Yeah. However, could you
2: project outwards to scale? There's two sides of that. The one side is, you lie awake at night thinking, how could the building kill someone that you made? You know, is it gonna blow away? Is it gonna fall apart? Like, <laughs> what's gonna go where you think of about course. all those things? Yeah. Um, but the other side of it is no, it's, it's like you said, it, you think, oh my God, this is, what, what can I do next? What is the next one? What is that one? And, and the momentum thing I think is so true. Like it sorts, it builds its own sort of behavior and, and you kind of just, you're almost trying to keep up <laughs> with, <laughs> with what's sort of happening ahead of you, yeah. um, which is quite good. But you don't have the audaciousness
0: to think, I'm going to change the whole construction industry? I've been beaten down by
2: too many realities, I think. Oh,
1: yeah, but, no. But, but, no, but no, yeah, I know, I'm with you <laughs> I think,
0: dude,
2: that. that doesn't mean that I have the optimism that the product doesn't have a place no. and that it will make okay. an impact. Okay. But I think I'm a lot more... Um, and I have, obviously, the dream that it can make a significant impact, but I'm a lot more realistic about the steps to get there. Okay. But One of the examples, again, really, really technical, is in America to go from single glazed windows to double glazed windows. So all they did is add another layer of glass. Yeah. That's all double glazing is. It took them 30 years. <laughs> and that was the largest manufacturer of like aluminium joinery in the world. And that was in America. So if we're going to rebuild the house from the ground up using all these different con- you know, concepts, they've got to have a very realistic... Sort of um, <laughs> runway. Do <laughs> we have uh, enough time. time? Yeah, yeah. Does well, the world we, we, have we enough we don't, time, but, This is uh, the thing, yeah, and I yeah, think that
1: yeah. to to interject you there. Apologies, yeah. but one thing that perhaps this whole COVID thing has taught us is that things can really shift when they need to. They we just need enough momentum behind yeah, it. Yeah. And I suppose that's a challenge when yeah. everyone's sort of trying to grab the mic.
2: Yes. Yeah. Very much. But so. if you can get yeah. enough
1: people grabbing the mic, yeah. Well, talk about the same listen, thing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And maybe a way yeah. to do that is looking at everything way more holistically, right?
2: Mm. And the interactions within that space. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess my, my academic um, world also condenses all these things because you're always asked to evaluate, you know? So you got to stick a mark you've on got, it. You've, you've got but you've always got to have a counterpoint. You can't just have yeah. like that. <laughs> 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 so I wish in a sense that this wasn't part of the way that I look at it, but it has mm-hmm. become a key part of it, is you're always evaluating yeah. What's not going to work, and then what is the metric of that? You know, you're you trying I'm to sure. measure why it won't work, sure. but then again, you're always enjoying the success at the same time. I think yeah. me and Ollie needs to
0: join forces and give you the audaciousness that we have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll <laughs> have and some I need of your metrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. and, and be bold, man. Yeah. Lead with that boldness mm. because I think yeah, you're on a precipice of really shaking some stuff up and.
2: If it's not you, then who else, right? Yeah. So why not yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there is a of that. Which, the, the a rewarding thing of the journey and being more public about the work is that you begin to see what you've said proliferate into other pe- and other people will be saying it. That's yeah. it. yeah, that's, that's nice. It. And that is almost. Reassuring in itself because it mm-hmm. means you can keep being critical. Like I can keep being critical of myself because I know the ideas are out there now Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just have to keep moving yeah. But in, in the university, it's particularly satisfying when you see Students underneath you that are coming through that have taken some of the ideas and are working it into their research and into their, nice. And it's really it it's warming because there's a change yeah. exactly mm-hmm. exactly and it might not be they go and work in architecture firms and they might not be able to do these things like that mm-hmm. but they'll have these underlying ideas that actually this is not the way we should be doing it yeah you're yeah. in those moments that then spur yeah. onto
0: others and yeah yeah the network yeah. effect will happen yeah absolutely because yeah.
1: i think there's a yeah. lot of pressure to do this sort of high level oh cool you're going to sort of change the whole world mm. in the space mm. that you work in and i definitely feel a lot of pressure from that it's possibly just me putting it on myself <laughs> <laughs> i think actually want anyone yeah. else yeah. i have yeah. way too high self-expectations yeah. of myself and, and yeah. i know that and, and yeah. i actually have this thing of a side tangent of like actually i think having a expectation that's unnaturally high of myself is like having a goal without self-honesty because you don't know where to start. That was a big moment for me, yeah.
0: Okay, so you kinder to yourself nowadays?
1: A lot, okay, a lot, but, but there's, still that, there's still that harsh critic and it can kind of point to just going and, you know, yeah. especially when others get behind the band- bandwagon as well. Like, yeah. No, but you should be doing this and it should yeah. be bigger and you've so yeah. got this, yeah. but actually it negates the fact that there's a whole network that, are, that you know, all of the work that we do is part of and, yeah. If yeah. You, yeah. you know, and we've all got different spaces and skills mm. within that space and as long yeah. as you're doing the work, you're doing the work.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's should success be. for you then?
1: Uh, mm. Well, I think, I have a Successful Oli, and I also have Successful Wah Collective, uh-huh. and I've finally managed to sever separate them. Separate
2: it, yeah. <laughs> really okay, that must difficult to hard.
1: try and separate my identity from, from your business. Yes. yes. I haven't got there yet, <laughs> but, but I'm on the path, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, I think for Wa Collective, um, with our with our current mission that we're striving for, that that simply is actually um, eradicating period poverty in New Zealand through education, and also through access to sustainable menstrual products. So Working with others. That's again. the absolutely yep. 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 that's it, um, absolutely. and and on a higher level than that um, is is teaching people that they can listen to their bodies because that's where the change comes Um, because when we can start to listen to our bodies we understand our bodies more when we understand our bodies more we start to nourish our bodies more which means we're not only having um, a better like a better nourishing impact on our body but also on the environment because we're feeding our bodies with things that have come from a good place in the land have been grown well and hopefully a regenerative way Um, and so that's what I'm really really passionate about and that's working into that space I think is what success feels like Um, But yeah, and as for an Ollie success, I think it it feels like working in alignment um, for as much of my day, week, month, year as possible and working from a space of heart um, that feels like it's giving. um, And then offering that to others so that they can do that and find that confidence too. That changes the world. Being yourself. Simple stuff.
0: <laughs> but it just, is. Just, just, when just you throw it out like yeah, that, so yeah. i tickle it, <laughs> tickly My, I got concussion.
1: Concussion, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. they catching, they
0: catching airborne. I just, my evil I just <laughs> want to um, touch on the point you made about you know, being in touch with your body. I remember during the TEDx Wellington talk itself and in the run up to it when you were doing the sessions, when you did mention about, I could see how much I bled, what color it was yes. and stuff like that. And the awkward shifting. People are going Mm.
2: so clearly. (laughs) Oh,
0: you were just like, like, (laughs) like, "Of course, Uh, yeah, that's just a natural thing, of course." But you were positioning as, "No, this is a conversation. I'm now having with my body." Yeah. And. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. It, it was the
2: visuals holding up the cup. I think really Yeah, that was yeah you know, I really yeah.
1: used some visceral words yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I really just stabbed at that.
2: <laughs> um, got it right? But you're right, it was just cementing that like connection. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Cause I mean, it's no different to feel a bleeding nose and people aren't like, oh my God, that's revolting. Mm. That's mm. how dare you, you're dirty, yeah. you're yeah. shameful. Yeah. It is what it yeah. is. You've got a bleeding nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got a period. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, I, to be honest, yeah. I, like I've always, not, never felt awkward around it, but it's like that talk to me, just meant, oh, of course we shouldn't, this shouldn't be a tall taboo. No, it
1: shouldn't. For
0: any situation and, yeah. and stuff. And yeah, it's fantastic. this mm. the stuff that I've seen here. Yeah. I think we've covered off everything we need to cover off unless you guys go,
2: hey, I want to talk about
0: this, and we haven't.
2: I don't think so. I want to talk about regenerative design with Ollie, but we can probably do that at another, at another oh my point. God, that's point a hard a there's a lot it could be another <laughs> yeah. episode two. Yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. lot there. There's a lot <laughs> there. Yeah, it there's is. But down. hopefully I covered enough
0: that you could see the complementary Oh, completely. bush behind yeah. your yes. work. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've yeah.
1: forgotten about that as well. I've forgotten about our rural roots. Yeah. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, But yes, the, yeah. there's there's so much yeah. in there. That's the base.
2: Yeah, and I always wonder how well privileged rural roots as well, which I always mm. like to refer to it as, because it is mm. extremely lucky to have the space and the sure. the padding around you in a way, it and is. it's safe. Like it's so safe. Such a it's odd when you
0: reflect on where you come yeah. from and how much it influences just yeah. your own expectations. Yeah. I grew up on the side of a valley, right? Yeah. And I remember moving to university uh, up in the north of England and getting lost completely, constantly, when I'm wandering around. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I was thinking, I, I never get lost. Why am I getting lost? Mm-hmm. And then I realized where I live was flat. I've always grown up in a place that was hilly. Mm. Yeah. So even if, wherever I was, I could look back and go, Oh, oh, you okay. have a correction. And that was fascinating to me. Well, it must be great, didn't it? Well, to me means, like, I remember moving here from Christchurch and someone warned me about the hills, <laughs> <laughs> the rain and the wind. Yeah. And I was like... Sounds like Wales. Sounds home,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Sounds like home
0: yeah. to me. So I like walking up and knowing mm. things and it's never bad weather. It's just wrong clothes, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah, so with
1: you. If you approach it with with a, with a different mentality as yeah. well, like this weather, weather, you know, when it's stormy, when it's, and when it's cold, yeah. It, yeah. it charges you. Oh, I love it. And yeah. it cleanses yeah. and oh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like
0: it when it's crazy. And then I, I like it when we come into the, uh, the autumn season and you start to see the dead. Umbrellas sticking out of the of <laughs> <with> the <laughs> bins, <laughs> which is so well Someone yeah.
1: uh, there must be a photographic study of that, surely. Surely someone just wandering around yeah. taking so many yeah. of them
0: because you see them all the time, every I, season. I, you know, it'd be the nice day. summer, and then it's autumn, and then it's ah, I've got that
2: umbrella was shit. Should have, have a pretty this. high per capita count for, for <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> umbrellas on
2: <laughs> landfills. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's that's another environmental thing right there.
2: <laughs> Although, what's
0: that umbrella that doesn't do that? Yeah, there is one. Hey, that's been designed you. You know that's what I'm saying, what right? What's
2: it
1: like called? Do you I can remember what's called? give nice it you know? a bit of plug?
2: Blunt. Blunt. Oh, yes. nice. Yes. And it's great design because it can be disassembled with Blunt. a fork, so it's very clever. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Can you what? It can be disassembled with a fork. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's like purely like you know, circular economy. It's great. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. I thought you'd like, you like turn it into forks, no, and then like, that would be right. circular economy stuff. Yeah, maybe.
1: But yeah, reuse, repurpose. <laughs> yeah, Would yeah. be
0: thank you people good thank people as you. you are. Oh, thank yeah. you both cool. so much are you alright and sound oh,
1: human do you know? all
0: know alright yeah, ran. anything everything rang anything rang touch word thank you good. very very much that was another episode of Creative Welly thank you for lending us your time and ears please subscribe via creativewelly.com or whatever you get your podcast from we'll be back in a couple of weeks time so keep having courageous conversations